God bless you. All right. Hey, let's give Carlos a hand. Look over there on the bongos. I don't know. We had to find something that Carlos could bring his beat out in. And so good job, brother. Good to see you up there. Uh, good to see you all here today. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Victory. Let's just take a moment right now and just get up out of your seats and turn around and shake someone's hand and fellowship together, hug someone's neck. Tell them you're glad to see them in the Lord's house today. Psalm 133 says this, it says, how blessed, how blessed we are to be able to dwell together in unity. So that's pretty awesome to see everyone. God bless you, Danny. Okay. All right, if you'll make your way to your seats, please. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey guys, what about this snow outside? Wasn't that something? I had no idea. Matter of fact, Brother Mike was telling me he was planning on riding his motorcycle today. That's not happening, huh? Wow. I do want to thank all of our guys that came out and started working on the snow removal and cotton. Uh, thank you very much with the snow plow on the four-wheeler and coming out and clearing off our sidewalks and things and, and the other guys that were out there. Thank you very much for doing that and uh, and getting, getting our facility ready for you to come and worship today. And they were out here early this morning removing snow. And, and uh, so thank you guys very much for that. All right. Hopefully you got here in time before they got all the parking lot cleaned off so you can do some donuts. How I many is guilty of that? Anybody? I got in one or two when I was parking out there this morning. That big old van. Just zoom, zoom, zoom. Kind of fun. Kind of fun. Just got to make sure there's no lot poles. We're Cecil. Make sure there's no lot poles around, right? 
No light poles. All right. Carlos did a good job on the bongos today. That's pretty encouraging to see him up here. And uh, awesome. I think I saw Lindsay. I saw a huge gathering over there, and I thought, what in the world's taking place over there? And of course, Lindsay, we're glad you're here, but it's so good to see the baby. So glad the baby is here also. Are you feeling that a little bit now? Everybody says, oh, and they get the baby and they leave you kind of stand there. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. And uh, so it's good to have you back in our services and good to see you and the baby. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, guys, remember, we do have a wedding taking place. Uh, Rob and Susan, where are you guys? Where are you? Stand up. Robert and Susan are getting married. This is his last Sunday as a free man. <laughs> Next week this time, he will be living in bondage. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but they are getting married Friday, and everyone's invited to come out up to the church at 6.30, I think is the, the time. So congratulations, guys. Give them another hand as they prepare for their wedding. Awesome. Also, for all of our guys, please remember we have a work day tomorrow evening at 5.30 at the new offices. We're painting and so uh, if you want to come out and help us with that, we encourage you to come on out. Uh, as far as the ladies, we're kind of holding it off at the old facility until we're ready to move. And then there's going to be a tremendous amount of work there. So you um, appreciate all the ladies who work so hard packaging and, and, and organizing and working through what they've worked through there. Uh, so thank you, ladies, for that. All right. Okay. What else is going on in our church? I kind of just look around and see and... Misty, good to see you here. She just had twin babies and um, as a surrogate mother, and so glad she's doing well, and <laughs> babies are doing well, and good to see you. Awesome. All right, take out your sermon notes, if you will, please, and today is the very last message on our series of asking for God's favor, and if you remember the very first Sunday of January, we went into this time of fasting and prayer. And, uh, we, and during our time of fasting, we've been asking for God's, God's favor on our love. And uh, we're getting tremendous uh, feedback from many of you that are just sending encouraging emails and sending a word of encouragement. And that's a blessing. Uh, you know what? I, I tell you, sometimes as a pastor, you, you need to hear some positives. Uh, sometimes the only time people come to you is when there's a problem. And I'm not against that. I mean, I'm here to try to help. But sometimes it is to open up something and it just be some encouraging words. And so thank you for those that have sent those emails. And, and that kind of just boosts you. Matter of fact, when I get that, I go, I go bragging and talking about it. I say, hey, guess what I just got? I got this and this and this. And it just kind of makes your day. It goes so much better. So appreciate all the encouraging emails that many of you have sent uh, during our time of fasting. Uh, we're going to close out our congregational fast after this Wednesday. Uh, this will be our last one. Uh, so uh, this Wednesday at lunch will be the last one. Now you do whatever you feel like the Lord is impressing on your spirit to do as far as fasting and, and, uh, and that's just up to you. But as far as our congregational fast, uh, this week will be our last one and that'll get us through January and February and then we'll continue on walking in his favor and uh, that's what we're talking about here over the last two or three weeks is how now that once we have asked and once we have received his favor now there's some responsibilities and and requirements from us that we must live out in our life in order to walk in his favor and that's what I've spent the last um, two weeks and the last message today talking about in Ephesians chapter 4 in verse number one, let's read this verse together. The Bible says, I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. Now here the Apostle Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus, the Christians, the believers, and he's calling them out to walk 
worthy of the calling they have received. And, and that's the emphasis on these last three messages on how can we do that? How do we walk worthy or how do we walk in the favor of the Lord and by the way guys God is is granting us his favor I mean I I turn around just about every single day I can see God's favor resting upon individuals resting upon our church resting upon some things that we've been asking for and one just just recently I shared with you last week uh, we just got a confirmation from the school that we can we can launch into some more of the facility here to be able to use for our discipleship program and we're going to be launching and starting our children Sunday school back up every Sunday morning at 9 30 from nursery all the way through senior high then we'll have adult Sunday school in here and and they they just allowed us to to be able to lease more of the facility here uh, on on Sunday so to me that's a that's a sign that that we're we're receiving God's favor and his blessing on us as we continue to try to do his work during this transitional period that we're in now we do want to keep praying for land you know we've not forgot about that we are searching we're getting phone calls and we're getting emails and I'm looking at different places and we're discussing it and throwing it around but we're, we're just kind of in, in waiting mode and really waiting for the piece of property um, that that is within reason you know there's there's some great pieces out there but they're just they just blow our budget completely out of the water and I'm talking about complete, completely out okay so we're, we need to continue to pray and ask for God's favor that he'll lead us to the place where he would have us to build our church and so we're still looking forward to that and I just believe it's coming but there's a walk that we are to be walking we're to be walking in his favor and the word of God tells us how to walk and we've been spending the last two Sundays talking about walking in his favor and the first Sunday we talked about walking in Christ and what does it mean how we walk in the new body the new man and we put away old things and and we walk committed to the Lord and and we spent a Sunday talking about that last week we talked about how we walk in the word and how we're to read the word and memorize the word and apply the word to our life and how we're to do that on a daily basis and if we're going to walk in God's favor then we've got to walk in Christ every single day we must walk in his word every single day and the third thing that I'm going to talk about today is how we must walk in prayer in first Thessalonians 5 and verse number 17 God's word says this matter of fact we've been talking about memorizing verses of scripture here's a good easy one for you to memorize first Thessalonians 5 17 it says what pray without ceasing well how do we go about praying without ceasing well that's what I want to try to unpack just a little bit today and give you maybe four different areas or four different ways that you can pray every single day now put the whole thing in a nutshell praying without ceasing is this how many of you um how many of you have ever received a phone call for someone or made a phone call you made the initial call and you got somebody on the line and and then you put them on hold you done that you put someone on hold or you've been put on hold the line is still connected but you're just not able to talk direct that's kind of what we're doing when we pray without ceasing we're getting a hold of the Lord first thing every morning and and we're we're initiating the conversation and we're starting to talk to God in prayer and then we're just putting the receiver on our shoulder if you will or or putting the cell phone and and putting the the bug in our ear the uh, the earpiece in our ear and we're kind of staying connected throughout the entire day in prayer staying in that spirit of prayer 
Well, today I want to talk to you about four different ways that, that we should pray daily. And I want to try, and these are pretty practical uh, steps through the Bible that will help us in our prayer life and will give us some good models of how we are to pray. And, and so I want you to jot these down and then start applying them to your life. And I promise you, it will help you. But before we go any farther... Let's just pause and go to the Lord in prayer and ask his, his presence just to be here and, and pray the Holy Spirit of God would, would speak to our hearts and open up our minds to his word so that we can grow in our faith this morning. So let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the privilege of prayer. And we thank you for the time that we're able just to fellowship with you and, and to talk with you and just to share our, our passions and our concerns and our cares and our petitions and our requests with you. And God, I'm so thankful that you promise us that, that you're never sleeping, you're never slumbering, you're, you're always on the job, and you're always present. And God, I thank you for that. And I just pray, dear God, that you would open up our hearts and minds today and help us to, to learn how to pray without ceasing. Help us, dear God, to, to be able to create some habits, spiritual habits in our life that will help us to be prayer warriors and to stay connected to you through prayer on a daily basis. Thank you, Lord, for your favor that you're bestowing on families and individuals and upon our church. And we just pray, God, that you would help us to be able to walk in that favor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The first thing I want you to jot down as we start thinking about how we are to pray. Number one, jot this down. We are to pray daily the Lord's Prayer. Now, many of you that know me, you know I always call this the, the disciples' prayer. But just so that we're all on the same page, I put on there the Lord's Prayer. It's commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. And what we need to be doing is praying this prayer every single day. Now, I'm not necessarily saying pray the words of this prayer. But what I want to talk to you about is using this prayer as our model. Not just reciting the words. You know, there's, and there's nothing wrong with reciting the words. Matter of fact, let's put the, the scripture up on the screen. And here's the prayer. Let's just all say this together, okay? Let's read it together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed... That is the most powerful prayer in all of Scripture. And there is something, I don't know, just absolutely amazing when we pray that prayer together. It's powerful, is it not? And that needs to be a prayer that we should pray from our heart every single day. And yes, initially pray the words of this prayer. But there's so much more than just the words of the prayer. If we're not real careful, we'll find ourselves falling into a religious mode of just reciting a prayer and it really means nothing to our spirit and to our heart. So every single day, I think it's a good practice. And this is a prayer I, I whisper, you know, silently in my heart and in my mind nearly every single morning when I get up or as I'm taking a shower, I'm thinking about this prayer and I just kind of, just mill on it through my mind. But there's so much more than just the words. The words are awesome. But Jesus, the disciples came to Jesus, and the only thing that we find that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them was to what? To pray. They came to Jesus and said, Lord, 
teach us to pray. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to do miracles like you did. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to raise people from the dead. They didn't say, teach us to make the blind man see and the lame man walk. But they did come to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. You see, they had witnessed the power that Jesus had on his life. And there's something that I find that's pretty amazing about our Lord. Anytime he had a major decision to make, he would remove himself from the crowd. He would go out into the mountainside and there he would pray in some all-night visuals, just him and the Lord in prayer, him and God in prayer. And he would go to God the Father in prayer and then he would come back matter of fact you remember when Jesus chose the 12 disciples what does the scripture teach us that he did prior to calling these particular men the Bible says that he removed himself from the crowd now while he was doing all these teachings and while he was among the crowd was there a need for him to still be there sure was everyone healed? No. Was every blind person made to see? No. Was there still ministry for him to be doing? Yes. But he knew that he had a major decision that he was going to have to make, so he removed himself. Listen, guys, the point there is don't ever wait until you have time to pray. There will always be more to do on your to-do list. There will always be more things that you must get done that particular day. There will always be times when we're just going to be busy. Jesus was busy. But the Bible says that he removed himself and prayed all night long to God the Father. Then came out and made his decision about his disciples. The disciples noticed that and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And then he gave them this model prayer. As a matter of fact, the very first words that came out of Jesus' mouth after this, and he says, after this manner, therefore pray ye. Now he didn't say just recite these words. He said, use this as a pattern. After this manner, here is the model prayer that we're to pray. For example, it says, our Father. You know what we need to do right there? We need to pause and we need to reflect and we need to thank God that he is our father. That we have been adopted into the family of God. That we are now his sons and his daughters. And we are now part of the heirs and joint heirs of, of Jesus Christ. He is our father. And we ought to pause and reflect the fact that he made a way that we sinful, wicked, vile men and women could be called the sons and daughters of God. So there we need to pause and reflect just a moment that he is our father and then it says our father which what art in heaven we need to pause we need to reflect about the holiness of heaven and how how splendor of a place that is and how one day we as children of God are going to be able to go there and lay our crowns at his feet and cry holy 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 is the Lord God almighty all around the throne of God and we need to reflect on heaven and think a little bit about that and that's how we're to use that prayer all the way down through there use these different segments now I'm not going to preach this whole thing but I did an entire series of sermons on the Lord's Prayer on how to use this as a model prayer in our life there are one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven messages on that particular passage of scripture on how to pray the Lord's prayer and I want to encourage you to stop by the table and grab some of these resources but while I've got one right now who'd like to have this who'd like to learn how to pray right there I just saw your hand I'm gonna give that to you right here right now 
And this will help teach you on how to pray the Lord's Prayer. Let's give her a hand. She's the recipient of some of the greatest preaching in America. No, just kidding you. Matter of fact, I've got more resources. I'm just going to take a moment here and give them away. Who'd like to have a series on building oneness in marriage? Right here. This is a, uh, a 10 message series on building oneness in marriage. Who enjoys the book of Revelation and like to hear about seven different sermons on, on the book of Revelation? Anybody? All right, right here. And guys, there's some tremendous resources out there. I want to encourage you to stop by and check out. Now, this is a special, a special DVD format on the purpose-driven life that I went out and Wayne is my photographer and cameraman and editor went out and did a special DVD study on the pur purpose-driven life. And we showed this uh, at our church. There were six different DVDs. You pop this in DVD and you get to see me actually living it out and preaching it out. Uh, some's at Bush Stadium uh, over at the new stadium there in different places. Who'd like to have this DVD copy of Brother, I, I saw his hand first. I, I, I got to give it right here, okay? All right, congratulations, God. I just want you to know there's resources available that will help us all in our walk with the Lord to help us grow in our faith. But we, need, we must study God's Word every single day. And we must pray this Lord's Prayer every single day. All right? That will help us to continue walking in the favor of the Lord. The second thing, jot this one down. Not only must we pray the Lord's Prayer, but secondly, we must pray daily for the church and the fellow believers in the church. We need to pray every single day, and you need to pray every single day, specifically for Victory Church. And then you need to pray specifically every single day for the believers that make up Victory Church. And what a powerful church we would have if every single day, as we are walking in the favor of the Lord, every single day we pause and we pray for our church and we pray for all the members of Victory Church and all the believers of Victory Church you want me to show you the second most important prayer in the Word of God and it's in your notes it's in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14 through 19 I think the most important prayer in the Word of God is what's commonly known as the Lord's Prayer we just recited it the second most important prayer in the entire Bible I believe is right here, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, down through verse number 19. And let's read this together. It's just as powerful as the Lord's Prayer. Together, let's read. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Let me tell you why I say this is the second most important prayer in the entire Bible. Because the Apostle Paul is commanding and encouraging and charging 
the believers at Ephesus to pray this prayer for each other. Paul is saying, for this reason, I bow my knees. I am praying. Now, I want you to look what he's praying for. And here's what I want you to see. The focal point of this prayer is that the believers would become mature believers, that they would grow in their faith. Let me show you what he's praying for. Look, if you will, the first thing he says in verse number 16, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory, here it comes, to be strengthened with power from his spirit in the inner man. Now, you know what he's praying for? And here's what we should take this as an example and pray for. We need to pray that every believer at Victory Church will become strong in their faith, that they'll be strengthened in their faith through the person of the Holy Spirit working in them. And then look what he says in verse 17, the second thing he prays for. That the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. That the Lord Jesus Christ may reveal himself in your life, may dwell in your hearts, that you may live in the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of Christ and walking in the newness of Christ every single day. And then he goes on and he says, I pray that you'll be rooted and firmly established in love. I mean, he's praying for the believers. And we need to take this and pray this for our church and for each other. And we need to pray that we're firmly rooted and established in love. And then we need to pray that we'll comprehend and understand what God's love is. The, the height and the depth and the width and the breadth of God's love. We have an understanding of God's love. And then he says, the last thing in verse number 19, that we will all be filled with the fullness of God. I mean, Paul is being specific about what he is praying for the believers at Ephesus. And if we're going to walk in the favor of God, then we've got to learn how to pray. And we need to be praying, first of all, the Lord's Prayer, this model prayer, and breaking that down and all the attributes and all the, all the, the model that is there, praying that every single day. But then we need to pray for each other. We need to pray the second most important parents prayer in scripture and we need to pray for each other pray for strength and pray for blessing and pray for the fullness of God in their life and pray that each other will understand the depth of God's love and how much he loves us and pray that we'll be rooted and established in the faith and pray that no one falters and pray that no one falls out and pray that one be protected you see how this goes and I wonder have we been doing that if we're really going to walk in the favor of God and if God is going to bestow his favor and his blessings on our ministry and on our church, then we're going to have to learn how to pray for each other and really pray according to what the Bible says we're to pray. And I want you to really get a hold of this particular passage of Scripture. And I want you to pray this every single day over the believers in our congregation and the members of our church and specifically for Victory Church. Now, we can pray for all churches. But right here is where we're asking for God to move in our midst, in this body of believers. So I want to encourage you to pray specifically for Victory Church, okay? And for the members and for the believers of Victory Church. And this is the prayer that we will pray over them. These four or five different things that are mentioned here in Ephesians chapter number 3. All right? That's the second thing. Now the third way that we must pray daily is this. We must pray for the entire world. Now, not only are we going to pray the Lord's Prayer and that wonderful model prayer, not only are we going to pray for the church and for all the believers that make it up, but thirdly now, we are going to pray for the entire world. We're praying for the whole world, 
Look what the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2. It says, first of all then, I urge that petitions and prayers and intercessions and thanksgiving be made for, what's that next word? Everyone. That all these petitions and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for everyone. Here we go now. For kings and for all of those in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. And this is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know what Paul is teaching us there as he wrote to Timothy? He's teaching us to pray for everybody. Pray for the entire world. And specifically now, he's saying pray for all of those that have positions of authority. Pray for those that are in authority. Why? So that we may live a blessed life. So that we may live a quiet life. So that we may lead a tranquil life. All of those in authority. Well, who does that mean? Well, of course, it means the president. Whether you like him or not, it means the president. Whether you like his decisions or not, it means the president. And we certainly need to be praying right now for our president and the next president to be voted in. We need to be bathing that particular thing in prayer right now. Would you agree? Huge decision going to be laid out before our nation to, to vote in the next president. And I'm not going to get off on who and what and why and who and how and all that, but we need to be praying. We need to pray for those in authority. We need to pray for the governors of our states as we bring it on down to a local level. We need to pray for our, our senators and our representatives and our governors and our mayors and our, and our police department and our chief of police. And, and we come on down. We need to pray for our... our now, listen, listen. I know that Dr. McGowan has not been a very popular guy over the past couple of days. Right? But you know what? Whether you agree or disagree, the Bible says we need to be praying for him. Hello? Whether you agree or disagree, and you know what? It's your right. You can choose to agree or disagree with his decision. That's totally irrelevant. Point is, we need to be praying for him. And by the way, and this is what I've told several guys, his position's a no-win situation. He's going to be in a position when no matter what he decides, he's going to make people angry and upset, irregardless. So we need to be praying for him. And I wonder, maybe through all of this that's been taking place, have you shot him an email lately and let him know that you, as a member of Victory Church, are praying for him? Hello? We need to pray for our school teachers. All of those in authority. Children, you need to be praying for your parents because they're in authority over you. Hello? Anyone in a position of authority. All you men and women that hold a job, who's your boss person, man or lady, or in the military, whatever the rank is, and who are you working for or under? Are you praying for them? The Bible says that we're to be praying for the entire world, all of those in authority over us. Why? So that we will benefit, so that our lives will be blessed. So we can live in a quiet, tranquil place in all godliness and dignity. And the Bible also says that this is good. It just pleases God. Hello? I mean, if for no other reason than that, that's enough reason to pray for those in authority over us. 
Now, every single day, we need to be praying the Lord's Prayer. Every single day, we need to be praying for our church and praying for believers. But every single day, we're to be praying for the entire world. And there's four different types of prayer, and I'm going to hit them real quickly. The first type of prayer is petitions. Write that down. Petitions, and they're all on the screen. You can jot them all down real quickly. We're to be petitioning the Lord. That's those, those special needs. That's focusing on those special emphasis. And by the way, Timothy says, first of all, I urge you. That word urge is, is in the Greek, the word parakaleo, which just simply means to make a charge and a command and an encouragement for you to do that. It's not an option. We don't get to choose whether we want to or not. We're commanded and encouraged charged just like a a military person will be charged to go to battle and encouraged when you're there to fight and protect and to defend hello that same command is given here about our prayers and we're to offer up petitions that's just specific needs we're focusing on specific needs the second are prayers, and, and that's just special times throughout the day where you enter into a season of prayer. It may be for a minute or two. It may be for 5 or 15 or even 30. It may be for 30 seconds, but it's a, a particular moment of the day when you're going to enter into that quiet time, which is you and God in prayer. And the third type of prayers are intercessions. That's where you are going to stand boldly in the gap on behalf of someone else and you're going to petition God for someone else and you're going to intercede on that particular individual's behalf. Now all of us have the great intercessor and that is the Lord Jesus Christ and that's part of his job. He, he is interceding to God the Father for you and for me and the Bible says in, in 1 Timothy that we have one mediator between God and man and that's the man Christ Jesus. We get to God the Father through the person of Jesus Christ. But then we're also to carry out that role in our lives as an intercessor and we're to pray on behalf of other people. We're commanded to do that. And then we're to pray with thanksgiving. And that just means that we're thankful to God. We're thankful that he's heard our prayers and we're thankful that he's answering our prayers. And that's what Paul is encouraging us to pray in those particular ways for the entire world. Last one, jot this one down, please. We must pray daily for more workers. Pray daily for more workers or more laborers, depending on which translation you're using. We need to pray daily for more workers. We need to pray daily for more laborers. The Bible says in Matthew 9, 36, and when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were weary and worn out like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, and this is Jesus speaking, the harvest is abundant, but the workers or the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. The thought is, guys, there's a great harvest, and we need workers. And even here at Victory Church, we need to be praying for more workers. I mean, there's a tremendous opportunity of ministry here at Victory. But one or two or five or six or ten or twelve or fifteen or twenty can't do it all. And for anybody that's been around Victory any length of time whatsoever, we encourage more and more people to get involved. And we need to pray for more workers. Why? Because the fields are ready. They're ready for the harvest. And we need to be praying for them. And Jesus gives us four reasons. Jot these down real quickly, if you will. Four reasons why we need to pray for more workers, for more laborers. Because there's a great harvest of precious souls that need to be reached with the gospel. Listen, guys. 
Ladies and gentlemen, listen. There are people that are without Christ. And if people die in that condition, they are doomed for a devil's hell. And it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. And it doesn't even matter whether it's politically correct or not. It's a fact because God's word says it is. Whether we agree with it or not, his word says it is. And if people die in their sins without Christ, then they'll spend an eternity in a devil's hell. Now, let me tell you why the Lord impressed on my spirit to start this church in 1999, the month of March, is because I came and I visited and I saw an area that was filled with religion but I saw people that did not have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you can have billy goat religion or any kind of religion you want to have. Religion will not get you to heaven. Hello? It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's really what impressed my spirit to move here and just preach. It's a relationship. It's about knowing Jesus. It's about inviting him into your life. And he's the only way to heaven. Hello? And there are souls all around us just the fact that we live next to the Air Force Base and, and the countless hundreds of thousands of people through the years that, that come into this area, whether it's for a short time or a long period of time, but we have an opportunity to reach them. I mean, all of my life, I've grown up in a community that everybody is the same. I mean, everybody, everybody knows the Joneses and the Smiths and so forth and so on. I mean, things just don't change, Right? And what our plea was then for us to raise up people to call them out of that community across the world to go out to the masses of people and share the gospel. But you know what the Lord's done for us? He's placed us in a place where the masses are moving into our community from all around the world, literally. Now that doesn't mean we get to sit here and wait for them to come in the doors of our church. But we're to pray for workers so that we can get out into our workforce and out into our community and out into our neighborhoods and share cross with people. The harvest is great. Another reason we need to pray for laborers and workers because the laborers are few. There's not enough. There's not enough workers in Victory Church. There's not enough workers in all the churches around here to reach the entire area. Hello? We need to pray for workers. Pray for those laborers. Romans 10 and 14, listen to this. It says, but how can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how welcome are the feet of those who announce the gospel of good things. That's all of us. As we share our faith, the Bible says it's, it's a welcome sight as you come and share with someone. So the need is, or the laborers are few. The thirdly, the need is urgent. I mean, the Bible says, Jesus says the harvest is, is ready. It's ready for harvest. It's ripe. It's urgent. Now's the time to gather in the harvest. And guys, I don't know if you study much about eschatology, which is the doctrine of last things. But as you look around in our world today, you can see prophecy being fulfilled nearly every single day. And I'm not saying this to try to scare you, but I'm saying this so you'll get ready. The next event to happen on God's prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. That's the next event that's going to take place. And then we're going to go away for seven years, 
And this world is going to go into the seven-year tribulation period. Now, the first three and a half years of that tribulation period are going to be glorious, wonderful, peaceful years. Three and a half years of complete peace. No wars. No peace. Because the Antichrist is going to deceive the nations. And they will all bow to his slick tongue and listen to him. And then, matter of fact, during that first three and a half years, you know what also he's going to do? He's going to go to Israel and say, Israel, I'm going to allow you to go back to your old form of worship. For three and a half years, you get to go back and worship. We're not going to stop you from worshiping your God. He's going to allow them to do that for three and a half, three and a half years. But then, in the middle of that tribulation period, he's going to say, I'm going to sit on the throne now and everybody's going to worship me. And then that goes into what is known as the Great Tribulation, which is hell on earth. I promise you, as you study the book of Revelation. Before all that takes place, the church is going to be raptured out. Now, who's the church? Does that mean you've taken all those that have taken class 101? No. No, that's not. I mean, the church is in that, but, but that's not the classification. The church is everyone that has accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, regardless of what denomination they're in, regardless of their ethnic background and where they're from, regardless of their education, their race, creed, it doesn't matter. It's they've accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. That's the church. And when, when the Lord calls his church out, boom, everybody's going to be gone. The need is urgent because that's the next thing to take place on God's prophetic calendar. And there's more I could say about all of that, but I got to go. The need's urgent. And the reason we need to pray for more laborers is because God's the only source. He is the only one who can send forth the laborers. God is our source. So, I've tried to share with you on how we could pray daily. We pray the Lord's Prayer. Secondly, we pray for the church and for believers. Thirdly, we pray for the entire world and all of those in authority over us. Fourthly, we're praying for more workers and more laborers because we got a lot to do between now and when Jesus comes and calls out his church. And there's people that if we don't reach, they'll die lost in their sins and eternity is at stake for them. So there's a lot at stake. Will you join in praying for these particular things every single day? I hope you'll take those notes that I've prepared for you and you'll take those home and you'll implement some type of a strategy in your life now, there's, that's, hopefully that'll just jumpstart you. But you'll implement some type of a strategy where you'll pray for all these areas that I've talked about. When we do that, when we walk in Christ, when we're walking in the Word, when we're walking in prayer, I promise you then we'll be walking in the favor of God. And you can expect God's blessings and God's favor to rest upon you because you're living out what He's really commanded us to do in Scripture. Let's pray. Father... Lord, we thank you for your word and how you instruct us in and through your word. And you show us how to walk in your favor. And God, you've given us instructions on how to pray. And you've taught us in your word these particular areas and there's others that we're to be praying in. And God, I pray that you'd help us to realize the urgency of our daily prayer time with you.
God, I pray that you'd help us to pray the Lord's Prayer on a daily basis. And not just recite the words, but that we would pray in such a way that we would use this as a model. We would pray this prayer as you meant for it to be prayed. God, I pray that we would look in the book of Ephesians where Paul urged us and commanded us to pray for each other. What a, what a powerful, powerful church we would have if everyone here prayed for each other. And God, I pray that you'd convict us right now for days that we have gone through and not prayed for one another. Not just those on the prayer list, but just pray for each other in general. God, convict us of that. And Lord, help us to pray for the entire world. All of those that usurp authority over us, we're to be praying for them. Whether we like their decisions, whether we agree with them or not, that wasn't a stipulation in your command. You told us to pray for all authorities, and you'd be pleased with that. Help us to do that. God, we do pray for workers. God, there's so much that needs to be done here at Victory Church. We need workers. We need laborers. The harvest is great. The time is urgent. It's here. Help us to pray for laborers. Lord, I pray you'd send them. I ask you, God, to send them. Lord, help us to apply these things to our life that we may walk in your favor. In Jesus' name I pray. If you're here this morning and you've never received Christ as your personal Savior, that's where it all begins. And I want to encourage